right. I'd like to welcome uh, my good friend, Zach Tremble, uh head girls basketball coach of the Sigourney Savages. Welcome, Zach. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, we're uh, both teachers and coaches, and so we're kind of sitting around not doing a whole lot. Um, so we just thought I'd invite you on here. Um, just give us a little bit of background of your coaching and where you've all been and what years and how much. Yeah, I've been coaching pretty much, you know, since I got out of college. Uh, started on the boys' side, and, you know, I coached at uh, – Belmont Clemmy, HLV, Oskaloosa for, I think, about 11 years in total, maybe 12. And then uh, switched over to the girls' side about four years ago, and I've been at Sigourney here uh, for the last uh, four years where I'm teaching and coaching uh, not only girls' basketball, but also coaching golf. Yeah, yeah. And just following you, uh, just kind of one highlight during those uh, years on the boys' side. Uh, what year was it that you got third place uh, with HLV? Yeah, we went to uh, state in 08 and got third, ended up losing in the, you know, the semis to NU High, who who went on to win it all. They were obviously a very good team. So, you know, that was an exciting year and something you'll never forget. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and really special for you that year. I remember uh, going and watching your game uh, to go to the state tournament against North Mahaska. I think it was in Fairfield, and uh, and your wife Tiffany being very very pregnant, you win the game, and, and your daughter Addie was born just a, a couple days later before you actually played. Yeah, it was you know it was nip and tuck there for a few days because she was two weeks overdue. So we were, I was thinking this was going to come like the day the state tournament started, but you know it all it all worked out perfectly where we had those you know few days in between the sub state win and our first round of the state tournament. So. Uh, yeah, that was a that was a special time. Yeah, and then just uh, you know, also uh, just kind of going with this, uh, you grew up in a coaching family. Your dad, Hall of Famer Dave Tremel, uh, won a whole lot of basketball games and, and helped uh, get me into uh, coaching and, and teaching there at Eddieville Blakesburg. You want to talk yeah, a little bit I mean, about your dad? Yeah, I grew up obviously with him. You know, coaching at Washington, so uh, a lot of success there for him at Washington. You know, I can't remember a Friday night where we weren't, you know, at a basketball game. That was pretty much our our livelihood growing up. Um, obviously, he moved on from Washington, but, you know, he spent a chunk of time there and then, you know, touched a lot of other schools and, um, you know, throughout Iowa where he, uh, where he coached. And, you know, I've met a lot of great people just from where he's been. And uh, he was obviously a big influence as to why I'm a teacher and coach today right and then you know he's one of the guys that got me started in this and looked up to a lot to him and unfortunately we lost him this winter um but you know he you know just going to that visitation and everything he touched so many people in southeast iowa uh we still i owe him a lot of uh gratitude and, and debt for helping me out along with a lot of other people and it was great to see during that time yeah i mean you could tell with all with the people that showed up and all the facebook comments that you know, he made a big impact and, you know, that's the biggest thing, uh, you know, once you leave the impact that you leave and you could definitely, you could definitely see that through all the, you know, the people and the tributes on Facebook and stuff. Yeah. 
All right, so now let's let's get on to uh, your time at Sigourney. Uh, you've been there four years, I believe. Is that correct? Yes, just finished fourth year of girls basketball. And and you've been pretty successful ever since you got there. Uh, what can you attribute that to? What have you done a little bit different uh, there at Sigourney? Uh, what have you learned over those previous twelve years? Just kind of give us your you know kind of rundown of how Sigourney's went these last few years. Well, yeah, you know, I, I took over a team that, uh, you know, they were, they were decent. I think they were like 12 and 10 or something. And, but, you know, just talking to my sister, she's like, you're not going to believe the athletes that we have here right now. So, you know, I came in and it, it was pretty obvious that, you know, we had some tracksters for sure. And that you could tell a few years later when they won the state title and track, but we had, you know, we had basically four A athletes out there in one, in, in one A basketball that, you know, they weren't great basketball players, but they were just phenomenal athletes. So, you know, we used that to our advantage and, uh, you know, we pressed teams, we made it a full court game, made it as, you know, made the game as, as quickly as we could. And the girls bought into it a hundred percent and they, you know, we came out and I think won our first 11 games when I took over four years ago. And, uh, you know, we, we won 21 games. I think that first year lost in the regional finals and returned you know the core of that group for the pretty much my first three years this year was a little different you know we lost a lot of athletes but you know we still had uh some size this year it was a whole different monster playing with uh you know two big posts and then we had an all-state guard that uh you know she kind of led the show for us I think she averaged 22 a game and uh she was just a good basketball player and I think she's going to go on to the next level and play so you know, I just feel as a coach, you got to adjust your style. You can't just be stuck with, you know, one style. You got to see what athletes you have. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what we've done. And, uh, you know, we lose, we lose some key parts this year and next year could be a, could be an interesting year. We'll have to see how, how things go. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, I, I know I watched a couple of your games and your guard this year was, uh, very, very good. You've had her for the last few years. Uh, so you may have to adjust again, what you're going to do moving into the future. Yeah, we lose, you know, uh, she's been pre- pretty much been a starter for four years. We moved her into the lineup as a freshman, I think, around right after Christmas. And so she's been on the floor for four straight years. So, yeah, um, we have a nice eighth grade group coming in. We return uh, a solid post. We had another one that was injured. So, um, uh, you know, we'll we'll regroup. Our conference has been loaded. So, you know, we, we do lose a, a, a couple good seniors, but I'm going to be excited to see uh, some of these other girls get out of here, out of our conference. Yeah. So just, you know, hopefully you just maintain that success and uh, you know, it's just been great uh, watching you uh, have the success you've been having as a friend and, you know, just, you know, um, I live, I, you know, I teach and coach in Atumba, but I follow Cardinal real well. I live there and just have some connections there and everything. So we follow, you know, Sigourney and Pekin and just the area. And it's always just great to see people having success in the area. Yeah, it's been fun. And hopefully I, you know, I think we've built a environment where, you know, the girls expect to win, they show up and, you know, they expect to win every night. And I think that's the biggest thing, you know, our girls are going to step on the floor and it doesn't matter who they play. We, you know, we feel like we can win every night and that's something that, it's hard to get, but once you get it, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, that's that's your job now is just keeping that going. You know, are you going to win 18 to 20 games every year? Probably not, but just maintain that success and that belief. And, you know, the, the key coaching words now is culture. You know, can you keep that culture going and just, 
when they become a high school Sigourney Savage, can they, you know, just carry on that tradition? Exactly. So, you know, I think we've, uh, we've got some solid junior high kids that have had a lot of success too, which doesn't always mean it's going to turn into success at high school. But I think with the, with the leadership we have coming back and mixing another solid group, um, you know, we should uh, hopefully have another successful season. Well, anything you want to add uh, more on the high school side? Um, you know, everything is shut down right now. Like you said, you coach golf. I coach golf. It's looking every day like there is just little to no chance that we're going to play this year. Um, I saw today where the Pella superintendent, you know, really believes that we're not going to go back to school at all the rest of the year. You know, obviously that's not official or anything. Uh, but, you know, I know you went to state last year in golf. Uh, what were you returning? What were you looking forward to? Stuff like that. Well, yeah, I mean, just as, as a golfer myself, I mean, it's, you know, my favorite thing to do. But it's just a, it's just a fun time of year when golf starts because, you, you know, you've got college basketball going. You've got the Masters coming. You know, you got your high school golf season and, you know, school's winding down. And then, and then obviously this happens. So, you know, I really don't even know what to think. I'm kind of with you. I don't think we'll uh, be back in school either. I don't see them bringing us back for, you know, four weeks and then sending everybody home again. I think it, but, you know, I think these next two weeks are going to tell a lot, but um, I'm not real confident we'll have any spring sports this year. I, I'm crossing my fingers that we, you know, we can get baseball and softball in, to be honest with you. Yeah, so I, I think that's, ever, you know, like you said, two weeks, we'll know a lot. But, uh, you know, I, it's just coming. Just the more things you see, New York shut down everything, Illinois shut down everything, um, no more work, no more anything. I just – it's it's getting bigger day by day. Yeah, and I've got a, you know, a 10-year-old son at home that loves baseball. So, this is going to be brutal. I mean, when – you know, you remember when you are 10 years old and you got a rain out, you were depressed. Can't imagine missing, you know, a whole – summer and spring worth of uh baseball games yeah so well, that's what you know my son's seven and he's just getting started in it this was going to be his he's playing rookie ball this year so this was going to be his first time going to different towns everything else like that he was looking forward to that same thing uh, i told him the other day everything's delayed um, he wasn't really supposed to start till may so hopefully you know it won't affect him just because he's only you know seven years old but I know, you know, Jordan at 10, and they're starting right now or, or real soon if they hadn't already started. Yeah, they, they think they were supposed to start Monday, actually. Monday, we were going to practice Monday, Wednesdays, and then they had tournaments scheduled. And I think, you know, towards the end of April, there was tournaments that were going. So I know that everything that I've been told is everything's done until um, through April, and then they're going to, you know, start making decisions then. But – I really don't know what to think. I'm hoping we can, you know, get back to normalcy here by, uh, you know, May, June at the latest, but I'm not confident on any of that. Right. And, you know, like, you know, I've said before on another episode here, NBA is doing best case scenario mid-June. You know, if that's the NBA, they're not going to have little kid baseball. I mean, just the way it is. And, uh, but maybe – little kid baseball is the first steps instead of getting 20,000 people in a, in a stadium. So we never know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what you do, but I don't, you just can't, kids are going to go crazy. I mean, are they going to have pools open this summer? I mean, it's just as a parent, I'm going to go crazy dealing with them, but you know, they've got to be 
hopefully some things that uh, open up this summer where they can get out and be part of a team, go swimming where, you know, people are at. But like I said, I really have no answers right now. Yeah, unfortunately, nobody does. And, and that's just it. It, it. It's fine not to have school and stuff, and, and that's okay. There's stuff to do, but right now there's nothing to do. I mean, the libraries aren't open. Like you said, coming soon, the pools are going to open. You know, you're not even supposed to get a group of friends together and go play a game at the playground or the park or whatever. So, I mean, it's just it's just really uncharted territory, and, you know, it's just day by day and, and seeing everything. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody really has any answers. It's just, I just, you know, I I think here by April first, we'll we'll know more if the thing is, you know, if it's getting worse by April first, we could be looking for looking at a long, long summer. To be honest yeah. with you, yeah, you know, just you know, just because we're sports fans, and everything here, you know, today here on Friday, December or uh, March twentieth at, at four thirty, we should be sitting in front of our TVs watching the NCAA tournament. Uh, and I know you're a Hawkeye fan, Zach, so you're really excited uh, with this year and how well the Hawkeyes were doing it and, you know, anticipating what they were going to do in the Big Ten tournament and then what they were going to do in the NCAA tournament. Uh, how do you think it would have played out? Uh, did they have a chance or were there some real weaknesses that you saw? What did you uh, think the end of the season was going to bring for the Hawkeyes? Well, I was, you know, I was looking forward to that. You know, they were going to just that first round matchup. Uh, in the Big Ten tournament, but um, I don't even, you know, they had the they had the talent to go all the way, but they, you know, could get beat. The Big Ten was just so deep this year that, you know, one through eleven could beat anybody on a given day. I mean, proven by Purdue, kind of thumping us twice, um, but then we, you know, we can step up and beat the top team. So I, I think the Big Ten was wide open. Um, I think went. We could have went all the way to the, you know, win it all, or we could have been knocked out in that in that second round or whatever. But I don't. I mean, I think we're still looking at probably a five or six seed in the in the NCAA tournament. And uh, you know, I think this was a, a borderline Sweet Sixteen team that, uh, you know, and then when you get that far, you never know. You see teams that uh, George Masons of the world and teams like that that can, you know, you start catching some momentum in the tournament, and, and it's tough to tough to stop you. So just being a Hawkeye fan, it's been a while since we've had a team, you know, do any real damage in the tournament. We've won a game, but then usually we lose that next round. And I think this team was to good, enough, good enough to win two games for sure. And then probably have been an underdog in that next round. But th- that doesn't mean a whole lot in the NCAA tournament. We've seen that over the years. No, it, it, the NCAA tournament is just matchups and everything else like that. And one night you shoot well, you can beat anybody and that other team doesn't shoot well or. You know, somebody gets hurt in the the first round, doesn't play in the second round. Just you never know what's going to happen. But I I agree with you. The Hawkeyes had the talent and and proved night in, night out that, you know, they could play and beat anybody. Uh, But, you know, just by those two losses to Purdue, it also showed how anybody can beat anybody. I mean, it looked like when they played those two games, they couldn't beat Purdue ever. And Purdue struggled against everybody else. And I think that was just a bad matchup for the Hawkeyes. Uh, so you just hope it wasn't a team like that that you ran into in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Purdue definitely looked like the better team both nights out. They, you know, they dominated us at home as well. But, no, it's exciting for, you know, for next year. I feel, I mean, I don't know what Garz will do, but I feel like with all this going on, I don't, I just don't see him leaving. You know, he's, I don't see him leaving to go to, go to Europe after missing, you know, a chance to be, 
to play in the NCAA tournament. He's probably going to be the Naismith player of the year. I think he's got unfinished business. Now, if he was going to be a top 10, 15 pick, I'd say he still goes, but I don't see that happening. I think he'll come back and I see the Hawks being a, you know, a top five, top 10 team to start the year next year. Yeah. I've already seen, I follow his dad on Twitter. He's a pretty good Twitter follow. And, uh, yeah, they're already showing him doing different workouts and everything else, just uh, keeping that game as sharply tuned as he can uh, right now with the unknown of, you know, when he's going to play, if, you know, uh, summer stuff, you know, surely he would get uh, invited to a bunch of those pro camps and surely he'll test, you know, whenever this happens, he'll test the waters again just for that feedback and everything, just getting as much information as he can to make the best decision for him. Uh, which you and I both agree is probably coming back. He's not in any mock drafts in the NBA. Uh, his career just looks like it's overseas. Uh, so I, I really think coming back is the right thing for him. And I agree, you know, who knows, uh, you know, what they're going to be preseason ranked, but they're going to be ranked pretty good. Um, you know, I know you, you think they're maybe a little bit higher than I will. Uh but one thing that, that might change all this is that transfer out of Ohio State from Bettendorf. Uh, if he comes to the Hawks, it changes everything. Yeah, that's a that's a big unknown. You know, you got to think Iowa is is on the radar. You know, I would put Iowa State on there as well. As um, I, I I did see a list of like fourteen schools, but you know, I would just with location, I would think you know Iowa, Iowa State, Illinois have to be on you know on his on his mind, especially with you know, the issues he's fighting with, I would think he'd want to stay closer to home. So yeah, if we could land him, I mean, that would, that would be a huge boost to a, to an already solid backcourt. Yeah. You go back to the friend, uh, how many guys do you play? You got a whole bunch of guys that can play. Can he, uh, can he uh, you know, play, play the guys, you know, trim down his lineup enough to uh, be successful. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a tough problem as a coach, but it's it's better than not having enough guys. So uh, that's what yeah, I was going to have to this year, not enough guys. So trying to figure out the minutes and trying to keep people happy where, you know, bottom line, though, you know, the everything's still going to run through Garza next year if he's back. But, you know, they're going to double, triple team him and you got to have shooters. Uh, uh, it should be an exciting year. I'm, uh, you know, I'm excited. Obviously, I don't want to rush through everything yet because, you know, I love baseball, every other sport, but it, it's definitely something to look forward to. Right, and let's kind of just move on to, to Hawkeye football here. Um, you know, I've seen some stuff where, you know, if, if this lasts another month or two of everything shut down, of them really getting into football being affected, um, you know, with not anybody being able to have spring ball, for the colleges or any of those off-season workouts uh, right after the draft for the NFL. And, and football really starts about August 1st for most Division One and, and the NFL. Um, football, number one sport in popularity in the U.S. You know, if, if this gets into football season, we're going to have a lot of people not happy. Yeah, I saw somewhere today that if they, you know, if they cancel the Olympics, then football better be – football is going to be the next thing that could get postponed or something. And yeah, if this, if this goes on, you know, into August, it's, I just don't know how the economy or people can survive to be honest with you. Right. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately we just may have to make a decision that we're going to have to kind of go back to normal. Uh, hopefully we can get through this and, and maybe the hospitals and everything by then will have the 
equipment and the necessary tools to fight this a little bit better than they do right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're, you know, I know they're, they're working day and night trying to come up with, you know, a vaccine, but it's more, you know, with the hospitals right now with supplies, ventilators and stuff, just the projections don't look good. But like we both said, these next two weeks, I think will be the telling story. And if it's going the way they're saying it, it, we could be in for a long, long summer. Yeah. Yeah, and both of us, we always look forward to summer. We uh, umpire baseball and softball together for a little bit of extra cash. Uh, we play golf. Uh, we just, you know, summers are are kind of what we, we live for as teachers. It gives us a little bit more time to just do what we want, follow our kids around, um, and not being able to do most of those things. So far, golf for ourselves, as long as we kind of stay away from people, you know, it's not a, not a thing where, you know, you play with four people at most, really, maybe five. Uh, you can stay away from people. You don't have to touch people. So golf might actually be one of the things we can do all summer. Yeah. I mean, golf is the one thing that we can do. And you know, where we play, everybody feels like we need to have their own cart. So you got five carts going out with five people. So <laughs> yeah, perfect. Paddock was we're, we're, the whole time. <laughs> we're still good there. I mean, I don't know about the gatherings afterwards, but I think hopefully as long as they don't close the courses, that's something, you know, we can hopefully still do. Yeah. Pat Paddock was on to always being in a cart by himself. He's got it figured out. <laughs> he does. He was ahead of the head of his times. That's for sure. All right. Anything else you want to add or anything? Nope. Like I said, I'm just like everybody else in this world right now, just kind of holding out, uh, trying to come up with things to do to stay busy. And, uh, hopefully we can, uh, make some gains here in the next few weeks and, uh, start, uh, doing some things we love and getting some sports going again. All right. Well, thanks for joining me, and we'll talk to you later, Zach. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Morgan Yaspor Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please click the like button. And if you want to hear more from the podcast, please subscribe to the Morgan Yaspor Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.